and I can tell you it's a dynamic study. And so I encourage you to join us on this journey as we go through the story. In speaking of stories, I want to start off today talking about something that happens in my house. Um, Kelsey just turned six years old. She turned six years old on New Year's Day. And um, on December, well, right between Christmas and New Year's Day, um, I kept thinking to myself, and I looked over at Misty, and, and I said, when did we get so old? <laughs> and she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not old. <laughs> so I said, okay, when did I get old? Um, a long time ago, I used to think that 25 was the pinnacle. That was like, you are, if you get past 25, then, I mean, that it's a downhill slide from there. And now that I'm 31... I realized that 25 is still a puppy. <laughs> uh, but I looked at Misty and I said, okay, well, maybe we're not old, but when did we get old enough to have a six-year-old kid? <laughs> Sometimes I can't believe it. And then, of course, Braden is just going to tear things apart. But um, it's fine. But something that Kelsey has really surprised us on is her love for stories. I I don't know how much you'll know about my daughter, but I'll give you a little bit of a a background. Kelsey loves to read. And when I say loves to read, I don't mean that she loves people to read to her. She loves to read, although she does like people to read to her too. So much so that when we took her to uh, the open house for kindergarten uh, at the beginning of the school year this year, we let her teacher know, hey, we want to let you, she's already reading. Um, you, do you have a plan for kids who are accelerated in their reading at this point in their, in their careers in school? Uh, and she said, oh, yeah, most of the time it's memorization or sight words that they've, that they've memorized. And so um, we've got a few little things for them to do. And, and I tried to let the teacher know in a really polite way, I, I, don't, I don't think you understand, she's reading She's not memorizing. And the teacher said, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. We totally got it. Months went by. And so I, and I don't know how many of you will be familiar with this series, but there's a series of books called Junie B. Jones. Um, Junie B. Jones is one of Kelsey's favorite stories. She loves us to read them to her, but recently she had picked them up and started reading them to us. <laughs> Um, She will find a new one at the library, bring it home, and read it to us. She's reading. (laughs) And so we recently got a letter from Kelsey's kindergarten teacher saying, Kelsey's doing really well with her reading, and I'm taking her to the library to get books that the other classmates aren't reading. (laughs) So she's taking Kelsey to the library to get first grade books because, (laughs) because Kelsey is already reading so well. And I could not be more proud of my little six-year-old who's reading because she loves stories. And I think at some level we all do. I mean, think of a time in your life when you had something really important happen. Or maybe a time in your, a family member's life or, or one of your good friends who had something that was really dynamic happen to them. What was the first thing that you wanted to do when that happened? Well, you wanted to tell somebody the story. 
And if the other person wasn't as excited as you are, it sort of diminished it. If you went up to them and you were so excited and you said, I have this thing to tell you. Can I tell you, do you have a few minutes? And they said, yeah, just give me the outline. No, I don't want to give you the outline. I want to give you the whole story. And over the next 31 weeks, we're going to be taking a look at the story that God put together for us to see how we are supposed to not only live our lives, but how we are supposed to live those lives according to what God's plan is for us. We're going to take a look at how the entire story of the Bible comes together with one unifying theme. And it's going to be really, really amazing. We're going to start today in Luke chapter 24. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to bring those with you. If you happen to get one of our story books, I encourage you to bring that with you as well. Now, I do want to point out that the story book is not a replacement for your Bible. We want to make that clear out of the, out of the gate, from the start. The Bible is the Bible, and that is our word. The story, the book that comes with it, the, the program that we're doing, is a supplement. It's not the replacement. And so, as we go through this journey together, I'd encourage you to at least bring your Bible, but bring them both together if you've got the chance. <clears throat> so Luke chapter 24, there's some pretty interesting things that happen, and we want to go over a few of these uh, together today. Let me set up a little bit of background for you, though. At this point in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus has been crucified, he's been killed, He's been buried, and he's been dead for three days. Now, normally, when somebody, somebody comes to the end of their life, and they've been dead for a few days, that's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much the end of that story. <laughs> that story. <clears throat> but it wasn't so for Jesus, as many of us know. And so... We pick up this story in Luke chapter 24 in verse 13 and we've got a few we've got a couple of guys walking down the road and they're not they're not happy. It says their face some versions will say their faces were downcast. It's just a fancy word of saying they were sad. But in verse 13 it says behold two of them were going that very day uh, to a village named Emmaus which was about 7 miles from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place. All of the things that had taken place being Jesus dying, being crucified, all of that. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Well, that's a pretty interesting thing. So these two guys who were sad, faces were downcast, um, traveling along this, excuse me, this road, going to a village named Emmaus from Jerusalem, and they were talking about everything that they had seen over the last uh, few days. Of course, they had heard uh, about all of that Jesus had done in his life. Uh, up to this point, Jesus was 33 years old. He had been ministering around uh, that area for the last three years. Had done a lot of really 
awesome things. In fact, Scripture says in the Gospel of John that Jesus had done so many things that not all of them could have been written down. And so there are probably a lot of stories that we don't even know because there were so many that the books could not contain them. (laughs) And so here they were talking about all that they had seen and all that they had heard, and they were talking about Jesus, and then uh, another person comes up and joins them. Now, we know it's Jesus because they told us there was a spoiler in that story. (laughs) They told us it was Jesus, but these guys don't know that it's Jesus. In verse 16, it says, their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. They didn't know who he was. Now, I'm not exactly sure why or how Jesus was able to do that. I don't know if maybe he had his hood pulled over his face, or maybe he was using some supernatural power to disguise himself. But the point is, these two guys were walking. They were sad about what had happened. Jesus joins them, but they don't know who he is. Let's pick up in verse 17. He said to them, What are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? They stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which had happened here in these days? Seriously, dude, you're the. Uh, are you the? Have you been living under a rock? Have you been? Yeah, seriously. Um, and uh, to which, it, well, I think it would have been funny if, if he had said, "Have you been living under a rock?" And Jesus is like, "Well, I had for the last three days." <laughs> it's a stone with the covering. Oh, it's funny. I've got the jokes. <laughs> but he says, "Seriously, man, have you not? Have you not heard? You're the only one in Jerusalem that hasn't heard about what's been going on the last few days." And of course, of course Jesus knows. But look what he says in verse 19. He said to them, what things? <laughs> I really think that, um, you know, people I think say it all the time, but I really do believe that God has a pretty robust sense of humor. <laughs> and I love this interaction that he has with these two men walking uh, along this road by themselves sad about the events that have taken place over the last few days, and they're, ta- they're saying, are you serious, man? You don't know what's been going on. And he says, no, tell me, what things? Today we're going to talk about an introduction into what the story is. Today is really just a laying of the groundwork of the foundation of what we're, this journey that we're going to go on together over the next 31 weeks And we've got a few takeaways that I want you to to have today as we get rolling into the story. The first of those takeaways that we want to talk about today is that your story matters to God. Your story matters to God. You see, it would have been, I think, easy for Jesus to come alongside these two guys, made himself known to them instead of disguising himself, and then say, why are you sad? Look at me. I've raised from the dead. I'm your Savior. I'm the Messiah. And then trumpets blare and angels show up and it's a big party. But instead, Jesus comes alongside these two men 
who know full well what's been going on over the last three days, possibly the last three years of Jesus and his ministry and who Jesus was and what Jesus had done because they recognized the, how he fit into the story. And Jesus comes alongside of them knowing full well what has been happening and he says, what things? Tell me your story. Finishing up in verse 19, it says, They said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word and sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. Verse 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel indeed. Besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. Verse 22, it says, but also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning. They didn't find his body. They came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had also said, uh, but him they did not see. And so Jesus comes alongside these two guys and he says, tell me your story. And so they recount for him what they experienced Maybe a, a little strange at first because they're like, how could you seriously not know about this, about this man? But they tell him what they know about Jesus. He was mighty in, in, in what, was it, what was it that they said? Mighty in word and deed. And in the sight of everybody and God. And how... The rulers had sentenced him to death. And now nobody can find him. Maybe they were confused. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they thought that somebody had taken the body. I mean, they were hearing it maybe second or third hand. See, some women had gone to the tomb to put spices and oils on Jesus' body. And when they got there, Jesus wasn't there. There was an angel there. An angel said, he's not here. And of course the women come running back to the house where the apostles are staying. They said, Jesus isn't there. And if you remember the story, the apostles I think were at first a little uh, confused. Probably didn't really believe them. But a couple of them decided to go check it out for themselves. And so they go running to the tomb. And they find they find it to be just as the women described. That Jesus wasn't there. You see, for what they know about human life, and what we know about human life, is that when somebody's story ends, when they die and are buried and are dead for three days, that's the end of their story. But you see, it wasn't that way for Jesus. Which leads us to our next takeaway, which is God's story is all about Jesus. 
beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, the entire story is all about Jesus. And as we go through this journey called the story, as we start to look at pieces of what the Scripture has for us, the one unifying theme that we're all going to see play throughout this journey is that the one theme of the entirety of Scripture is Jesus. Beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, that's what it comes down to. The entire story is about how God is redeeming His people through His Son, Jesus. And I hope that as we go through this together, we start to piece that together. That God's story is all about Jesus. Let's look in verse 25 of Luke 24. He said to them, Foolish men, how slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into His glory? And then He starts to tell them a story. Verse 27, Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself and all the Scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and He acted as though He were going farther. But he urged them, saying, "Stay!" Uh, but they urged him, saying, "Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over." So he went in to stay with them. So you can see, even Jesus tried to to impart this knowledge to these to these couple of guys. He started off the conversation with, "Tell me your story." Because our story matters to God. But then the next part of this, of this interaction, Jesus tried to tell them how the story, God's story, is all about Jesus. And how Jesus is going to redeem us through His sacrifice. And He does so in a way that would have made sense to these guys. You see, history was something of a, uh, a really important thing to the Jews of the day. It was really important for them to understand where they came from. And so they would have understood stories about how Moses in the Old Testament was part of God's plan and part of God's story and how that ties into a Redeemer Messiah. And so while the first part of their interaction was, tell me your story, because our story matters to God, The second part was, let me tell you about how Jesus is the most important part of God's story. And the reason that it's the most important part is because Jesus came to redeem. And so much knowledge, he gave them so much knowledge in that small moment that they said, you got to stay with us. You got to keep talking. We got to keep talking about this. And here's what's really funny. Let's look at verse 30 together. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, breaking it, and began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. What a cool thing that would have been, right? I think slightly disappointing, because he just vanishes. (laughs) But cool nonetheless. Here they were with Jesus the entire time. 
this stranger comes up along to them on the road and says, tell me your story. Then he says, let me tell you a, a story about how Jesus was really important. And then he reclines with them, starts to eat with them, and immediately in that moment, they see, you're him. And then he vanishes from their sight. But that wasn't the end for them. That wasn't it. Let's look at verse 32. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. Because you see, in that third takeaway that I want you to have today is that God's story is still being written. God's story is still being written. The story that they, those, those men were experiencing that day didn't end when Jesus left them. I mean, what a powerful day. I imagine those guys didn't wake up that day thinking, you know what, I think something really important is going to happen today. <laughs> but they got up, decided for some reason to go to Emmaus. Don't know why. doesn't really matter. But they were going. On the way, stranger walks up to them. He says, hey, what's going on? And they said, are you serious? Have you not heard? <laughs> And so they start telling their story about what they've experienced over the last maybe weeks, years, of this man that they called Jesus. And then Jesus said, well, let me tell you why he's so important. And he started relating them in a way that would make them understand how important the Redeemer and the Messiah called Jesus was based on their history of what they knew through their scriptures. Because our story is important to God. And God's story is all about Jesus. And then when they got to their house and they started to break bread together, they immediately saw that it was Jesus. And I wonder if it was one of those moments where it says they, their eyes were opened, they saw that it was Jesus, and I wonder if they did one of these things. And probably just sat there for a few minutes. And I wonder if Jesus just looked at them and smiled. And didn't vanish right away, just kind of smiled, and then vanished. (laughs) And then they were probably left still mouths open. But that wasn't the end for them. That wasn't it. They didn't look at each other and go, well, that was really cool, you want to go to bed? (laughs) How about a movie? (laughs) That wasn't it. It says they immediately... In that hour, got up and went to go find the people that they knew hung with hung out with Jesus, and they said, Look, guys, it's true. He's really risen. We just saw him. And I have to wonder, man, were the apostles thinking, Well, who are these crazy guys? But it wasn't, they didn't keep it to themselves. Because the story is still being written in all that we do. Every single day as we go about our lives through this journey, God's story is still being written 
through us. God is still redeeming people back to Himself by the work that we do here that God has given us the time to do. We play just a small part in that story. Because the most important part of it is that Jesus came to save, to seek and to save the lost. And we get to be a part of that. And it all ties back to the beginning. God's story is still being written because our story matters to God. It doesn't matter how many chapters your story has, dark or good chapters. Your story matters. My story matters. And our stories matter so much that the most important part about our story is the story of Jesus and how He came to redeem us. But it doesn't end right there. It doesn't end with just the knowledge that Jesus came back to save us and Jesus is our Messiah. The story is still being written in everything that we do every day. And so wouldn't it make the most sense for us to take that story and start sharing it with everybody we see? Just like these guys did, when they experienced Jesus on a real and personal level, they didn't hold it in. They didn't keep it back. They immediately went and started shouting to everybody they could see, man, we just saw him. He's really not in that grave. He's really not there. He really has risen. And so those things today, as we start this journey together, as we look at what the story of the Bible is, it may not all be chronological. It may not be all fitting into nice little pieces, but that's okay. You know, something that is so incredible about the Bible is that it was written over 1,500 years, 60 generations, 40 different authors. Not all of them men. <laughs> and this is a... It's a such a dynamic story. You will see love and hate, bitterness and joy, and all of it together points to one unifying theme that no matter what happened throughout the course of the story, Jesus was coming. And then at one point in the story, you get to a point where Jesus was here. And he was living among us. And now the part of the story that we get to be a part of, Jesus is coming again. And with that knowledge, how can we stay silent? Because that story is still being written. And we can be a part of it. And so as we go through this journey together over the next six months, Let that be a part of how we go about this study. That my story matters. That our story matters. The most important part of the, our story is Jesus. And that it's still being written. Waiting to bring others in onto the story. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the story that you've given us. God, sometimes the Bible is hard to understand. Sometimes it's hard to digest. But Father, as we look at the story, as we look at what you've laid out before us through your word, the confusing parts, the parts that we totally understand, the parts that are comforting, the parts that may not be as comforting. Father, as we look at this together, we just ask and pray that your spirit would guide us back to you, to a better knowledge of who you are. And Father, most of all, that in everything that we see, in all the stories that we talk about, in all of the the things that we tell each other, the one theme that goes throughout is that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives. And that it's through Him that we have the hope of eternal life. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are, for what you do. And it's our hope and prayer that you would guide us uh, as we dive into this story. Thank you for all of this, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.